As you find your seats, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, as we continue together our Advent series on the original Christmas carols, uh, those that were given to us inspired by the Holy Spirit and God's Word in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Today we look at the third song. Okay, my beloved Orangewood family, I'm going to ask you to indulge me this morning. Um, You can probably hear I'm I'm wrestling with a cold. I hope not to preach this sermon like Kermit the Frog the, the entire time. Uh, but if uh, God was gracious in the early service and, and he showed up in power, which he often does, uh, especially through weak vessels. So as we begin, um, would you please, I know I need prayer. Will you turn your hearts to prayer with me? Let's pray together. And Father, I love the reality that you choose to do your best work through humble and broken and weak vessels. And Father, that's what I offer today. But God, we're here for you. And we're here to, to celebrate your reality and the light of the world that has come and seen clearly in the face of your Son, our Savior, Jesus. Oh God, come and be Emmanuel, God with us. Be with us, and God, give us good news. We're desperate to hear some. May it produce great joy. Oh, how we long for that. And God, would you give us news that's so good, that produces such joy, that it can really be for all people. That there there wouldn't be a soul here this morning that isn't swept away by your reality, and that isn't amazed at the depth of your love, and And God, would you shine clearly so that all of us can see the face of Jesus. And as we gaze into his reality and his life and his being, may we become more like him. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. When Prince William and Kate, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, uh, sent out a birth announcement about their new son, their firstborn son, Prince George, Did any of you get the birth announcement? I'm assuming you're a lot like me. I mean, you're kind of ordinary folks. I mean, you know, when royalty is born uh, and that is announced, there's probably a pretty cool birth announcement, I would imagine. But I I didn't get one. I got to tell you, I wonder wonder, uh, when you're like royalty, I mean, who do you text on the way to the the, uh, hospital to let them know a baby's coming? You know, who is in the inner circle? Because all of us who are parents, I mean, we know the joy, the joy of announcing some good news. Hey, you know what? The time is finally here. We're on our way to the hospital. We can't wait to see uh, what God has done uh, uh, for us. I don't know about you. I didn't get any birth announcement, didn't get any text messages. For me, I kept up with the birth, uh, standing in line at Publix right there. People Magazine, you know, uh, that seven seconds you got in that little line of Publix to make sure what's going on in the world and keep you up to date because we need to know everything is happening with the royal family in England, don't we? It seems like uh, that's at least what they want to tell us. Well, I don't know about you, but did the, really, did the, the birth of Prince George affect your life at all? I mean, is there any other effect other than maybe a little bit of amusement? I mean, was there any impact on the way you live your life, the way you see life, the way you enjoy life, has anything changed because the royal family gave birth to a child? 
Let me ask you a question. If you were God, in, in this, right now, right here, if God were to announce the birth of his son, if you were God, how would you do it? If you were going to announce the, the arrival of God's very own son, if you were to announce that, that finally the promises are going to be kept, if you're going to announce that God is going to show up in flesh, how would you announce it? I mean, maybe a, a full page in the Wall Street Journal? I mean, maybe going for the, 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 the highest of the high. I mean, maybe you want to make sure those people know it. Maybe, uh, maybe you'd get a banner on the Internet, maybe like the Google website, and you'd make sure that, that everybody knew. Or maybe you go to CNN. I mean, they're the world leaders in the news, right? Or, or maybe you go to Fox News because they're fair and balanced, right? I mean, where, where would God go to announce the reality in the birth of his son? What if I told you, what if I told you that God would go to the National Enquirer? Some people call it the newspaper. The National Enquirer, those tabloid newspapers to announce the birth of his son. What if I told you that's what God would do? He says, it's crazy. But I'm going to tell you, that is exactly what God did. I mean, God showed up and made the most incredible announcement that his son has finally arrived. And the birth announcement went to shepherds. I mean, shepherds, they're fantastic for Christmas plays. But they're bad for credibility. And listen, if God wants this message to go viral, and he does, he wants to say, listen, this is such good news. It's for all people. Why in the world would he start with shepherds? Now, shepherds to us don't probably mean a lot. You know, you don't run into shepherds. Again, we just see them this time of year, and they're really kind of cute kids that are dressed up. We say, oh, shepherds, the Christmas story. But in Jesus' day, in his birth, uh, when that announcement came, I mean, shepherds were considered the, the outcasts of society. I mean, just because of their profession alone, they were considered unclean. And for a Jewish person, a person who was long awaiting this Messiah, this promised Messiah, being an unclean person isn't really reputable. As a matter of fact, uh, shepherds had the, they had the reputation. They were, they were thieves. They, they couldn't be trusted. Their, their word really didn't hold any water in court. God went to the National Enquirer. He, he went to those who, who uh, are so lowly in society. He announced such good news. All right, what, what if you were God and, and you, uh, you wanted to have the very first Christmas concert? What, what if we were going to organize with God? He asked us to be on the committee and say, where are we going to have the very first Christmas concert? What would you suggest? Carnegie Hall, uh, Radio City uh, Music Hall, uh, maybe uh, uh, that, that uh, Red Rocks out in Colorado. You know what God chose? for his very first ever Christmas concert, announcing the birth of his son. A shepherd's field, remote, smelly, shepherd's field. I mean, just, just start, to, start to let the wonder of this just wash over you as we begin. God came with the angel of the Lord and he is going to proclaim, you ready for this? He is going to proclaim good news. I mean, amazingly good news that will produce great 
joy. And this great joy is going to be for all people. And yet he begins with the least of society. Why? What birth announcement, by the way, says this? This is God's birth announcement. Unto you. I mean, unto you in the city of David is born a Savior. He's Christ the Lord. And, and the Greek there is very emphatic, wants us to know the you. That God has this announcement that says, basically, this birth is for you and for me. I mean, you get a birth announcement. It usually says it's for the family. But this is an amazing one. It says it's for us. What kind of child is born for us even 2,000 years ago? Let's look to God's word. We're going to see this song. Uh, the song is found in Luke 2. This is the angel's anthem that we're going to look at this morning. Uh, the song itself has one chorus, one line. I don't know how many times they sang it. Uh, we're going to read God's word and see the, uh, the singers, the uh, setting in the song all this morning as we read God's word. Let's be reminded that this is, God's, this is God's holy word, which means this, is that although there was a guy named Luke that lived a long time ago and used all of his abilities and gifts to write this, we believe that God's very being, his Holy Spirit was breathed upon him. And so as he wrote this, he wrote God's words. And what does that mean for us? It means this, is that this is not a story for you to hear. This is a story, this is God's story that should intersect our lives and change our lives from the inside out. Let's hear God's word, Luke 2, verses 8 through 21. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. I love the belief they have. It's in the past tense, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the angels returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Let us pray. Lord, take your word and apply it to our minds that we might not grow shallow. 
and apply it to our hearts that we might not grow cold. And apply it to our feet that we might not just be hearers of the word, but doers also. Amen. Last month, I uh, went to one of the best concerts I've ever been to. It was uh, my birthday month, and a good friend of mine gave me, uh, gave me some tickets to the Eagles concert. And those of you who missed my birthday month, it's still time. It's all right. I could just keep going. But it was the Eagles. I mean, it was one of the, one of the, uh, the greatest rock and roll bands of American history, right? I mean, they were all there. Uh, um, Glenn Fry, uh, Don Henley, uh, Joe Walsh. Man, life's been good to that guy. Uh, and Tim, whatever his name is, the bass player. I mean, there was, it was a phenomenal concert. And again, if you, if you look, you're my age. And you've listened to the radio, you've probably grown up with some peaceful, easy feelings, some, some really cool Eagles tunes. And, and I'm telling you, they, they were awesome. They were a bunch of old guys, but they sounded really good. The scary thing about the whole concert, I mean, there was one time that I was like, oh. I'll tell you what happened. They're playing, everybody's doing great, they're doing great, I mean, hit after hit after hit, and eventually they took, like, the uh, strobe lights, you know, that usually, and they went and they panned the entire filled crowd, and I went, I have never seen so many old white people in all my life, oh my goodness, it was amazing, I was like, do I really fit in this crowd? As good as the music was, I don't know if any of them had angelic voices. I mean, uh, the singer here uh, we see, the singers is not just well, the eagles. The singers that will proclaim this amazing good news that God has finally showed up, that God is keeping his promises, is the multitude of heavenly angels. And you know what? When someone has a great voice, what do we say to them? You sing like an angel? I mean, you got the voice of an angel. It's, it's heavenly. And I want to know. How do you know? Have you ever heard an angel? Hmm. These shepherds have. I'm telling you, when they showed up, these guys that are used to spending the night outside, these guys that, yeah, they had a bad reputation, but you know they were tough guys. They were terrified. And when the singer shows up, it starts off with the angel of the Lord, and all of a sudden a multitude has come around, and they sang angelically of the amazing beauty and the reality that God has come and God has kept his promise and that God is with us. What an incredible singer. We've looked at this the last couple of weeks. We've seen one singer. Uh, We've seen one uh, Mary and Zachariah. Now the singers here is a whole heavenly host. Wouldn't you long for that ticket? Wouldn't you long to be out in those fields to see the glory of the Lord shining around? What about the setting? The setting is a scattering of unclean shepherds. It was the shepherd's field that God decides to announce this amazing news that will forever change the world. I mean, the shepherd's field, what's out there? Nothing. Kind of smelly sheep and everything they leave behind. The amazing setting that God decides to announce that he's keeping his promise. It was in the shepherd's field that he would appear to them and through them proclaim to us. And here's what he says. Listen, this is incredible. The angel of the Lord says this. He says, I bring news. And this is this news that I'm going to bring. I mean, this is life changing news. This is this is good news. And the news that I bring, it will produce great joy, great joy. And it will be for all 
people. How in the world can anything be good news that produces great joy for all people? The first thing is this, is it's good news. I bring good news. God's shown up. God is with us. Emmanuel truly has come. This long-awaited Savior, Christ the Lord, this this long-awaited one that would come anointed to, to rescue his people. God, God's here. This good news, and you guess what? God's come, and he doesn't have a big stick to beat us. God's come, and he's come full of mercy. And God's come, and he's come so tenderly. And, and the good news is God's come, and he's come so low. And the good news is, is that God has come, and he's come in a form that, 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 that's accessible to all of us. I mean, there's some good news. All the things that God has promised us are being fulfilled Because God not just visits us, God has come to be with us. Good news. And this good news has produced great joy. Why? Because it says this, a Savior is born. That he came to to save us. He came to rescue us. I mean, it could have said, hey, there's good news. A counselor has come to show up to make your life a little bit better. That God has come so so that you'll have a little bit more joy. God has come, so things will be a little bit brighter in the midst of your darkness. No, he says this, God has come. And let me tell you about the great joy. He's come as Savior of the world. Why? Because God knows our condition apart from him. And he knows that we're dead in our trespasses and sins. And he knows we have no hope apart from this grace of God. And God has this great good news and great joy. that God has come as the Savior of the world. You know what this means? This is, this, is, this is so beautiful and profound. Here's what it means. If he comes as Savior, it means this. Who he is trumps who we are. What he has done trumps what we have done. This is what it means. God has come. And he's come as Savior. So that one day when we stand before holy God, it's going to be all about him and not about us. It's going to be about the radiance of his beauty. It's going to be about the perfect perfection of his obedience. It's going to be about the sacrifice that's complete and sufficient for all of our sins. It's going to be about him when one day we stand before the Father. Because why? Good news, great joy. God sent a Savior for you. And then ultimately, you don't have to live your life. And ultimately, you'll never have to stand before God on your own merit. Because he's holy God. You get to live your life and stand before God on his goodness of great joy that trumps all that we've done, both good and bad. And it's for all people. I mean, I'll just marinate in that for a minute. What good news for great joy is for all people. There's good news that produces great joy, but it's not for all people. Let me, tell you, let me prove it right now. Good news. Florida State Seminoles are in the national championship game. Yeah, go Knowles. Gator fans, does that produce great joy? I can't believe it. Good news of great joy. Whatever. You know, the amazing uniqueness, and this is the only thing... Only through God and his grace and the delivering of his son can we have news that's this good, that God is with us and God is for us. 
And it could produce such great joy that God has come, and not just to judge the world, but he's come as our Savior, and he's come to triumph over God and our enemies. Listen, he's come to defeat death. He's come to bridge the chasm between heaven and earth. I mean, what great joy. And he says this, and it's for all people. This message is go viral. I mean, this, this, this message is for, for every tribe, tongue, and nation. That Jesus really, listen, Jesus really is the hope of the world. Do we believe it? I mean, he's the hope of every tribe, tongue, and nation. He's the light of the world. It's true. This should produce great joy for all people. You know, one thing I hope I do not open up on Sunday morning, or Christmas morning, I should say, is a present that says one size fits all. If I get something that says one size fits all, I'm putting it right back. I'm not even going to embarrass myself to put it on. I don't care if it's a hat. I don't care if it's gloves. I don't care if it's a shirt. Whoever makes one size fits all, never thinking of me. I mean, I'm just going to look like a big sausage. It's going to be ugly. But do you know, listen, listen, listen. Do you know that the greatest gift, the greatest gift God has ever given this world is the gift of his son Jesus and the kingdom of God that he brings to this earth. The gift of Jesus is the gift that is for all people. And the gift of the kingdom is the hope for this world. It's true. I mean, turn on the TV today and you're going to find out, man, this place is dark. I mean, read, read the newspaper, look at your, your iPad, you say, this place, is, this place is broken. And you know what? It should drive us to our knees and say, Lord Jesus, come. I mean, Lord Jesus, may your kingdom come. May your will be done where on earth as it is in heaven. Because the hope of this world is Jesus. And his kingdom and his come. The greatest gift that we can give this world. Let me tell you, the greatest gift we can give this world is living our lives in obedience to Christ as our king. That we say he has come and he is our savior and he has rescued us and he has made us whole and he's made us new and he's cleansed us and he's my king and what he says goes. And in his ways aren't my ways. There's things I don't understand about him. And there's things that I may never understand about him because he is, he is the infinite one. I'm the finite one. But he is my king. And when he asks me to go, I go. And even if it's dark, I go. Because why? I want to live my life in submission to God's king. It's the greatest gift we could give the world. It's a gift of obedience to our God. But not just living in, in submission to him, but living on mission for Christ the King. I mean, that's why he's created us. We are his ambassadors. That's why he's come to save us, to save us to do something. And that is to proclaim that good news, to be filled with that great joy, and to live on mission for Christ is our King. What an amazing setting that God tells us that he's come for us. And then you have the song. The song is a very short song. It only has two parts. The first one is this, singing of the heights, singing to the heights of God's glory. Do you know why God made you? Do you know your primary purpose in life? Do you know why you are here? You can spend all your money and to try to evaluate with a bunch of counselors and, and you could go into a bunch of self-help books and you can try to figure out why am I here? Well, according to God's word, you are here for God. 
God has made you, and he's made you beautifully. Listen, he's made you beautifully, and he's made you wonderfully, each and every one of you, because why? You're made in his image. Of all the things he made, it all points to him, but you reflect who he is. And you and I, you were created, and I was created for God. And to know him, and to love him, and to make him known, and to sing his praises, and to be able to walk with him in the cool of the evening, and know his pleasure. I mean, we have been created for God's glory. We have been created uh, to proclaim the reality that he is near and he is with us. You know, the, the incredible thing about the, uh, the Christmas story is that it has two elements in this story that we can't miss. It's, it's both this huge transcendence of God that when God shows up, heavenly angels appear and they go back to heaven. And you have this incredible chorus, and yet you have this little teeny baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. You see, Christmas, Christmas is the mind-blowing reality that the God of all things has come near. I mean, don't forget that this, this Jesus, this Jesus is, is the word of God in flesh. And scripture will say about this Jesus who's wrapped in swaddling cloth and and placed in a lowly manger that he is the alpha and the omega. He is the one who spoke and all things come into existence. He's mighty God that right now holds all things together. Paul in Colossians will say this whole world was created by him. This whole world was created for him. I mean, you're coming into contact with with Jesus. You're coming into contact with God Almighty. Don't ever forget the transcendent power of Jesus. Because it'll make the imminent reality of a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth more beautiful than you can ever imagine. The God who is and the God who was and the God who will always be became man. He put on flesh. He was born in Bethlehem and they placed him in a feeding trough. Be amazed. The angels, the first thing they had to do was sing glory to God in the highest because they knew the reality that this was the eternal one. This is God. Glory to God in the highest. That should be our song first and foremost. Singing of the heights of God's glory. And secondly, singing of the depths of God's peace. Singing of the depths of God's peace. The only way, listen, this is so true. The only way for there to be true peace on earth. The only way for there to be peace on earth is if there is peace between heaven and earth. And the only way that there would ever be peace between heaven and earth is if the prince of peace that was promised would come. And that's Jesus. And he's come as Emmanuel. And he's come as that prince of peace. And he has come for one reason, to reconcile heaven and earth. And to make this place inhabitable again. That God and man can dwell together. And it's true, it could happen now. And one day he'll bring it fully. Peace on earth. It says this, peace among those whom he is well pleased. Did you hear that? He makes this announcement. Hey, God has come. Glory to God in the highest. He's kept his promise. And on earth there's going to be peace on whom he is well pleased. And you know what every one of us should do? 
Who is he well pleased with? I mean, we should make a beeline to make sure, can we have that peace? Is he pleased with us? And scripture makes clear, to whom is God well pleased? To whom is God call his beloved? You're ready, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's almost scandalous. It's not just those who are good. It's not them. It's not those who are religious. Whom is God well pleased? You ready for this? It's those who believe. Those who believe that God would love us enough to become one of us to rescue us. Those who believe in the crazy story that a virgin could give birth. Those who believe that God would come so that we could live. Those who believe. I love what it says about the, the, the shepherds. No matter, the, no matter what society said about them, as soon as the angels, and again, think of the imminence, think of the transcendence of God. They just kind of disappeared to heaven. They went and they're gone. Where'd they go? What they immediately do, they said, listen, we got to go see this. We got to go. Let's go over to Bethlehem and see the things that has happened. You know, that one word happened sings to my soul because it's in the aorist tense, which means that they believed it to be true, which the Lord has made known to us. These shepherds out in the middle of the field, wiping out their eyes, trying to figure out what in the world's going on, believe that God has come. What an amazing faith they had. Peace. Peace is given to us by God's grace in Jesus. You know that peace is a person. It's a person you can know. Peace is given to us by God's grace and grace alone. We don't deserve it. And it's obtained by God's grace through faith. God, God promises people ever since we messed it up, ever since the fall, God has promised his people peace is coming. And God has delivered to his people peace and the Prince of Peace. And church, church, church. God desires his people to live in the reality of that peace. Did you hear me? God desires for you to live in the reality that he has peace with us through Christ Jesus. Yesterday was a really rough morning for many of us. As I went to Isaac Hunter's memorial service, a brilliant young preacher could easily have preached this message, maybe a message similar that he preached. That somehow lost his grasp on the peace of Christ. That, that somehow, somehow he listened to the lies of the enemy, that, that there were sins that he had committed that were too great to be forgiven maybe, or, or maybe he wasn't deserving. And who is of God's grace but somehow, I mean, somehow he lost the reality that's true, that the Prince of Peace has come and that all of his sins have been paid and he has been made new in Christ Jesus and God will never change his mind about him. He forgot. How is it with you? Is the peace of God elusive in your life? Are you like me and you just continue to see your brokenness and your sinfulness and the things you keep, can't get over and you just start to wonder, man, come on. What in the world? Do you have peace? Do you have peace with yourself? Now, the reality is this. 
If you are, by God's grace, in faith, have a relationship with Christ Jesus, you have peace with God. That's the reality. Nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. Height, depth, persecution, demons, devils. Nothing separates us from the love of Christ if we are his. Nothing. When Jesus says it is done, he was serious. And he really did pay the full penalty for our sins. He really did bridge heaven and earth. He really did bring peace with a holy God and he gives it to us by his grace through faith. Do you have peace with yourself? Do you know what we would be like if we believed this? Do you know what the church would be like if if we said we're going to live our lives in reality the Prince of Peace really did come? And, And I stand before God. Listen, I stand before God, but by the grace of God, loved free and in him and no matter what the enemy whispers in my ear and no matter what I see in my life and still the brokenness that's still there I know the reality that because Jesus lives I live too do you know what we'd be like if we believed this I, I, I venture to say we'd be free I venture to say that we really believe that our sins have been separated us from as far as the east is from the west I, I believe we'd be alive That believing that in Christ's resurrection, we live too. I believe we'd be fruitful because the Holy Spirit has come. And I think the enemy loves whispering in our ears, whether they're a fallen pastor or whether they're a congregation member or this pastor saying, peace isn't really here. Glory to God in the highest that he would love you enough to send his son. Peace on earth. Peace is here because Jesus has come. And a victory has been won. And we have to be a people who live our lives out of that reality. We need to sing our songs to the depth of God's peace and live our lives. Do you know what, do you know what our hope is at the end of the day? Listen, our hope is that God's got a pretty good grasp on us. Listen, I sure hope that your hope isn't in yourself. I sure hope that you don't think, well, man, I hope that I'm not going to mess it up, that you know, I'm going to live my life in such a way that I'm going to hang on to God no matter what. If that's your hope, you got the wrong hope. And please don't hope that for your pastor. I hope that your hope isn't built on my faith or my love for Jesus. I pray to God there'll never be a moment in my life that I don't know and love him. But like Isaac, but by the grace of God, you know what my hope is? My hope is, is that God will never let us go. That, that it's ultimately nail-pierced grip on our lives. It's the reality of, of, of his life that he says, I'm going to hang on. And you know what? I don't lose my sheep. I'm the good shepherd. Maybe that's why he came to shepherds. And of all the sheep that the father has given me, all of them are going to come and I'm going to lose none of them. I got a good handle on them. What's your hope based on? Is it based on God's grip on you? You know, the prayer I read this morning, the prayer I said this morning starting my sermon was Isaac's. What does this passage teach us about the Christmas story? I think it's important for us to see this. When you look at the shepherds, we realize only the humble get it. I mean, this good news, this is for all people. You know who get it? Those who are humble. 
Those who are, those who realize, man, I'm a mess. Only the humble get it and only the broken spread it. I mean, only the broken who can't get over the fact that when they look in the mirror, they know that life is hard, but they're loved anyway. Only the broken who know that we're jars of clay, but this light of the world is shining through us. Those are the ones who spread it because we can't get over it. We can't get over a love that won't let us go. We can't get over a sacrifice that's really made us clean. We can't get over it. Christmas stories for the humble, it's for the broken. And that's why Jesus says, I've come to seek and to save the who? The lost. The lost. The hopeless. You know, I never received a birth announcement that said, unto me, a child is born. I don't know about you. Would you get a little nervous if you got a child announcement saying, uh, by the way, unto you, a child is born. Well, what does this mean? I mean, what does this mean? Am I, am I responsible in some way? Are you trying to tell me that I'm involved in this? In any sort of, is there some kind of financial responsibility you're looking for? Unto me, a child is born. A announcement comes and says, listen, the family's got a blessing. But God says this. Unto you, a child has been born. Unto you, sinner. The good news that produces great joy is for me. And it's for you. And by his grace, God's favor rests on me. I don't deserve it. And you, in Christ Jesus, he's well pleased with me, not because I could preach, because I'm his and what his son has done. Because by God's grace, I believe. Do you? Let us pray. Father God, thank you for the greatest news, the good news that does produce the greatest joy with the greatest bandwidth for all people, that you would send a Savior to come and rescue us. And at the end of the day, it won't be about who we are and what we've done. It will be about who Jesus is and what he's done. And it's good enough. And that should produce in us a song that says glory to God in the highest. I mean, he's amazing. And on earth and in my life and in my very soul, peace. Because he's well pleased by his grace with me. And God, I pray that if there's anyone here who hasn't put their faith in you, Jesus, if this is just a story out there, and not a story that's changed them from the inside out, that today would be the day that they would hear the greatest news that would produce the greatest joy, and they realize that it was unto them Jesus has come. Father, I pray for this church. I, I just I, The thought of this church living our lives, truly believing that we have peace with God, it just, I just, I just it's a dream. I know it's a dream that will come true one day when Jesus comes back, but God, would you please allow the gospel, allow the gospel to penetrate deeper that we could truly believe that you're for us and you're with us, that in Christ Jesus, peace is on earth with us. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen.